Our second reading is taken from the first letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, starting at verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore encourage one another, and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Well, once again, welcome to Carol's on the Canada. It's great to see you. Thank you, George, for reading that. Uh, my name's Jeremy. Um, I don't know about you, but 2020 has taught me a lot of things. Um, how difficult it is to cut my own hair. Um, how long you, how long I can spend in my pyjamas. Um, and how many people, given enough time, will eventually resort to baking sourdough. But, um, but one thing uh, that it's really taught me is that I genuinely don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Um, I, I really mean that, I just don't know what's gonna happen in the future. Um, I don't know whether you um, whether you watch Michael McIntyre. Uh, some people like him, there, there was quite a good um, sketch uh, where he pretends to go back to see a fortune teller in 2019. I don't know whether you've, whether you've seen that. Uh, Michael McIntyre pretends to go back and see a, a fortune teller in 2019. And uh, this fortune teller pretends to look into his crystal ball and, uh, and to see the future. Um, and uh, Michael McIntyre says to the fortune teller, um, uh, what about this safari? I'm, I'm due to go on this amazing safari uh, in the summer of 2020. Uh, what about that? And uh, the fortune teller, in a very bad Russian accent that I won't try and, uh, and reproduce, says, um, he says, oh, yes, 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 yes. I can, uh, I can see you going on an expedition. Uh, you're looking very, very excited. And, um, uh, and then he says, but you're going to the corner shop because you've heard they're selling toilet roll. Um, and then, um, then Michael McIntyre says, um, what about the Olympics? What happens in the Tokyo Olympics this summer? Um, how, how did Team GB perform? And uh, the pretend Michael McIntyre fortune teller um, says, says, oh, yes. Now, I can see uh, a, a British man, and uh, he's, uh, he's wearing a lot of medals. Um, but um, he's 99 years old, and uh, he's called um, K2. 
Captain Tom and he has a Zimmer frame. Um, and then he sprays his crystal ball down with anti-back and uses a copious amount of, um, of hand sand. You know, I, it, it's making the point. We just don't know what's going to happen in the future. We really, really don't know what's just around the corner. Um, perhaps you knew that if you've ever been involved in business. I mean, business is so hard to predict, isn't it? Millions and millions of pounds spent on predicting the future. Uh, but I'm, I'm not sure that the experts get it right as often as they get it wrong. I read an article just this week by a business guru, and, uh, and, and this is what he wrote. He said, all of us suffer from the illusion of knowing, the trap of thinking that we can tell what is coming. It's very hard if you're in business to, to, to tell the future. And it's very hard if you're involved in journalism, uh, particularly if you're going to write a prediction piece. I mean, who would want to do that? I read an article which was written on the 1st of January 2020, and the headline was 20 things to look forward to in the years come. Such a dangerous thing to write an article like that. Uh, the 50th birthday of Glastonbury is going to be the best Glasto ever. Um, a new James Bond film, uh, football at uh, Euro 2020, all those things to look forward to. Uh, and it finishes, there's an awful lot happening. And fortunately, much of it will be positive. Well, that didn't go so well. We just don't know what's going to happen in the future. So, so why, I ask myself, why is it if, if the Bible says that there's one thing that will definitely happen, which is the return of Jesus Christ, if there's one thing the Bible says will definitely happen, why do I fail to take it into account? Now, you might be thinking at this stage, whoa, 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 I, th I thought this was supposed to be uh, an Advent carol service where, where's the, um, uh, the yon virgin mother and child, where's the, uh, the ox and the ass and the manger and the straw uh, and, uh, and, and the cattle that are lowing? What, what's happened? Well, they are all part of the story. But, but this time of year uh, at Advent, uh, we think about the, um, the candles and the carols and the, and the counting down the days to Christmas, the Advent calendar. But traditionally, uh, I don't know if you knew this, traditionally, Advent is a time when we don't just think about the first coming of Jesus, but we think about the second return, the second coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus Christ. And, you know, in many ways, that's what gives the entire Bible its shape. So um, you read the first part of the Bible and, and it has thousands of years of waiting, thousands of years of waiting. Promises like the, the reading from Isaiah that we heard earlier on, but waiting. And then finally, Jesus comes as a, as a baby in, in a manger. God walks onto the stage of his own creation. And then Jesus is, is killed and he, and he rises again and goes to heaven. And then there's waiting. And, and there are promises, like in the second reading from 1 Thessalonians, but there's waiting and waiting. As it turns out, 2,000 years of waiting. It seemed like a long time. But the Bible says that there is a day which is still future for us when Jesus will come back, when God himself will step a second time onto the stage of his own creation 
and bring that creation to a full stop. I, I hope you don't mind then if we do something quite traditional uh, for Advent, and that's uh, spend more time thinking about the second occasion that Jesus comes than, than about the first time. And, and in order to do that, we're going to look at an excerpt from that letter called 1 Thessalonians. It's a, it's a letter written in the first century by someone called uh, the Apostle Paul to a church. It's a very young church, but they want to know more about when Jesus Christ will come back. And so Paul writes to them to tell them. I, I think you'll be interested uh, in what he says. Let, let me read uh, an excerpt, just two sentences from this letter written to the church of the Thessalonians. For you know very well, Paul, Paul writes to this church, that the day of the Lord, that's the Lord, um, that's how he talks about Jesus Christ, will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labour pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. That's part of the reading we heard earlier on from the book of 1 Thessalonians. And firstly, it, it promises a day which is inevitable, a day which is inevitable. You know, some things just take so long to happen that you wonder whether they'll ever actually occur. I mean, um, what about Crossrail? <laughs> what happened to that? But this is a day which is inevitable. It will definitely be coming. It's been a long time since the first Christmas, 2,000 years and a little bit more. But the point that the Bible's making is that this day will happen. At least that's what it seems to imply in the language that it uses. That the day of the Lord will come. Destruction will come. They will not escape. This day is inevitable. Now, bearing in mind that the year that most of us have had, it is the, it is the rarest of things. Um, something that we know isn't going to get cancelled, yeah? That's an inevitable day which is coming. It's not a case of if, but when. The future day is inevitable. And, uh, uh, and then the Bible says something else. It says it is unpredictable. And, then, and the Bible uses the first of two pictures in order to explain a bit further. And the, it says that um, this day is unpredictable. It'll, it'll come, we just don't know when. And this is what it says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. That's the, uh, that's the picture. Um, I used to uh, live in a house in, in Lower Clapton uh, with a couple of friends uh, uh, when I was still a student. Uh, it was quite an eventful house, actually. Um, quite a few things happened. Um, but one night uh, we got broken into. And uh, what, what happens is we used to keep all of our bikes by the front door, all sort of in a big stack. And uh, someone broke in in the early hours of the morning. And uh, they actually uh, they moved my bicycle out of the way. Um, and they stole the bicycle behind it. I, I was insulted, I'll tell you. Uh, but, but the point is that, um, but they didn't warn us in advance that they were going to come. Uh, they didn't stick a note through the door. They didn't text. They didn't bang on the door to say that they were thinking of, uh, of calling in. Uh, they didn't put anything on WhatsApp. Um, 
I mean, actually, this is probably before the days of WhatsApp. Uh, so uh, they didn't they didn't fax. They didn't contact me on my pager. Um, I didn't get any messages at all saying um, uh, just a cursy note to say that I'm thinking of calling in about 2 a.m. to light finger your push bike. Love from Clive. Um, nothing like that at all. But the, the long promised day when Jesus winds up the world, uh, the day of the Lord will be like a thief in the night. That's what we warned. Uh, it's inevitable and it's going to be unpredictable. And uh, then a third thing that it says is that it's going to be inescapable. It's going to be inescapable. And that's the second of the two pictures that it uses. That's the picture of pregnancy in, uh, in verse 3. It says, um, what people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labour pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. Um, now, I... I promise not to tell a detailed birth story, um, but uh, when my when my wife Dawn was in established labour, um, I'd um, I'd called the midwife and I was waiting by the phone for her to call me back, um, and the phone rang, and it was actually uh, the um, the head of an organisation that I that I knew quite well, and uh, as it happens, he'd phoned me up um, to ask me whether I'd be interested in a job. Um, and it was a bit of a tricky conversation uh, because I hadn't really uh, spoken to this guy very much. Uh, and, um, and I said to him, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, it's very kind of you to call. But uh, actually, my wife's an established labor at the moment. And he said, he said to me, um, I would only take about half an hour. And, uh, and, and I said, well, um, I'm really sorry. Um, but my, this really can't wait. And that's the thing about pregnancy when when you're in labor it really can't wait like you can't you can't get out of it and the same with the day of the lord the day when jesus turns up um you can't get out of it it will involve all of us whether we want it to or not that's the day of the lord the day when jesus christ will walk back into history and that's the advent message surprisingly that a day of the lord is coming and it is inevitable, it is unpredictable, and it is inescapable. That's the news of Advent. But what will happen to us on that day? That's the question. And that's the second thing to say. Um, God says this in the Bible. It says that we're not to let it be a day of wrath, but to be a day of homecoming. We're not to let it be a day of wrath, but to be a day of, of homecoming. Um, this is how um, the letter that Paul wrote to uh, the people in Thessalonica, the letter called 1 Thessalonians, carries on. Let me read from a little bit further on from that excerpt that George read to us earlier on. This is what it says. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath. That's God's um, settled displeasure, God's um, settled rejection of people. God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we're awake or asleep, we might live together with him. It's a kind of homecoming. Now, the Bible's already said uh, that for, for some people, this day, when, when it happens, will be a catastrophic day. 
Because many, many people have enjoyed um, all the good things that God's provided them with, you know, food, fun, friendship, freedom. They've enjoyed all those good things, but absolutely turned away from the God who's given them those things. Now, now that is the way to break relationships. If, if my kid treated me like that, I would be heartbroken. And so wrath is God's response when his love, his loving care for people is treated scandalously badly. C.S. Lewis, uh, the author who wrote the Narnia stories, put it like this. He said, wrath is the fluid that love bleeds when it is cut. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way because for others, it'll be like a day of homecoming. Because um, other people have asked for all that mess of, of broken relationship and, and, and all that severed love to be dealt with by Jesus Christ when he dies. For, for, for him to face the rejection that, that they should rightly have faced. And, and they've asked for forgiveness and, and they've asked for Jesus to experience God's wrath in their place. And he says, yes, very, very willingly. And they've asked for Jesus to be forsaken so that they will never need to be. And the writer of, of this letter, 1 Thessalonians, and, and the people that he's writing to have done that. They've taken that step, can you see? And so this is, and, and so this is what Paul writes. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, in other words, whether we're still living or, or whether we've died when Jesus comes back, we may live together with him. No barriers anymore, that's, that's paid for. No broken relationship to be cemented into place. None of that, just a day of homecoming. I've, I've got a friend called um, Peter, and he decided when he was about seven years old that he was going to run away. And uh, he didn't have a, a, a developed plan, I think it's fair to say, um, so he basically ran, what, a couple of miles away from where he lived, and then he sat down in a ditch. But he was certainly gone for long enough uh, for his mum to be concerned. And so she called the police, and, uh, and the police sort of fanned out across the countryside uh, to see if they could find him. Uh, and it, it, it just so happened that his, his dad was actually a member of, of the local police force, and he joined in the search. Um, and this friend of mine called Peter um, was sitting in the ditch, and he saw his dad come towards him, dressed up in his policeman's uniform, and he just thought he was in so much trouble. And his dad uh, walked towards him and just said two words, come home. And those are the words that Jesus will say to us on the day that he's returned. If, if we've asked him to take responsibility for all of that rubbish that gets in the way of our relationship with God, come home. Don't let it be a day of wrath, but a day of homecoming. Let me just say a couple of things as I finish quite briefly. Firstly, maybe you've already taken advantage of this. Maybe this is something that you that you know about. You've already come back to God. 
and, and you know that Jesus Christ has died for you. Well, let me ask you this Advent. Are you certain that Jesus Christ is returning? Are you certain? Um, you, you can test yourself, really, um, to find out whether you're certain or not, or, or to what extent you're certain. And the part of the Bible that we read from my Thessalonians will help you. Um, verses four to eight. You can test yourself by the way that you're living. And um, just have a look at your life. Maybe ask other people how they see you and, and the way that you're living out your life day to day. Is it, is it sort of self-controlled? Is it different from the people around about you? That's a good test. And, and, and then a second way you can test yourself is, is by looking at the way that you're comforting others. That, that comes from sort of verse 11. In, encouragement in the Bible is always the communication of truth. Is that what you're doing? Encouraging others and comforting them with the good news of Jesus' return? And that's a question for you, but um, let me say something to people who are still holding God at arm's length. Is, is that you? Um, let, let me ask you a question. Are you certain this Advent that the Lord Jesus Christ is not coming back? Are, are, are you certain of that? Because this is something that you're warned about in black and white in the Bible. How certain are you that the Bible's got this wrong? Uh, we've got a course which is happening uh, quite soon called Christianity Explored. It's starting in January and it's really a discussion group for people who want to ask their hardest questions of Christianity and uh, look at the source documents and, and talk to other interesting people about conclusions that they've come to. It's a course that I've sat myself and, and, uh, and been part of and I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, we'd love you to be a, a, a part of that. Because if this is true, then it must be serious. And I presume that it would be worth spending some time investigating. That's taking place in the new year. But whatever you do, don't wait too long. Because if, if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that we really don't know what the future holds. And if a great homecoming is happening, it's really not something that we want to mess. Uh, well, I'm going to finish just by praying. If, if you want to, then why don't you join me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this astonishing news, uh, seemingly unlikely news that Jesus Christ is going to walk back onto the pages of history. We know that he's done it once, and we know that he can do it again. And so, Father, I pray that we'd make peace with you. I pray that all of the um, shabby ways that we've treated you uh, can be placed onto Jesus, that he can pay the price for that, take your wrath upon himself, uh, be deserted so that we will never need to be, so that we will know nothing but a future homecoming. Now, if we're certain of that already, Father, <clears throat> I pray that we'd be a person who comforts others with that news. Uh, but if we're not, Father, 
I pray that we'd be someone who wants to look further into a future day when everything will be put right. I ask these things in your name.